Pete gets me every time. Welcome to the Around the 4 and 2 Fantasy Football Show. I am your host, Smitty. With me, as always, Drew, No Hands, Hannes, and Joe, Catch Flights, Not Feelings, Frick. What is going on, boys? Hey, what's happening? We're live in San Diego, sitting at the airport right now. I feel like I'm on an episode of Star Trek. It's like really weird time. So if you hear any weird announcements, uh, that's, that's what's happening in the background. So apologies for the delay. Uh, I was just say let's start there because Joe is in an airport. If you guys noticed, we weren't here yesterday. Hopefully, some of you noticed. Otherwise, you know, what are we doing? You, you don't miss us every week. Um, but also, you might hear some announcements come through Joe's end. That is because he is currently sitting in an airport. But shout out to Joe for even doing the show right now from the airport. Uh, Drew, you haven't said anything yet. What's going on? I took offense that you said that I don't have any hands because if you throw the ball my way, I'm just not being <laughs> dropped. That was more so I knew what I was going to say for Joe, and I was trying to think of something for you that I could say, and I don't know why that's what came to mind immediately. So I like that. Um, look at this. We got the com- – my, my dude, Mechie the Goat is already in here already. Mechie Last Goat. week he was he was flooding the comments with questions. We love that. Uh, he said flex one of them, RB2 – flex one of them, RB2 one of them. Montgomery, Carter, Jamal Williams, McLaurin, Renfro, Hardman, Jay Robinson, Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, huh? He's a he's a popular around the four and two fantasy football guy this week. Drew and I both had him as a as a, a wide receiver waiver claim, the top one. Well, I don't want to say for Drew top one. He was one of his top three. Julio Jones was his top one. Where are you guys at with this question though? Yeah, so it's pretty interesting, right? So the way that they used Curtis Samuel felt very similar to how Debo Samuel gets used in San Francisco. Um, a lot of creative ways for them to get the football. Um, on a side note to this, actually, if we're thinking about the QB play there, uh, Carson Wentz was the third best quarterback last week. Like, where did that come from? He's only rostered in 16.4% of leagues. Um, and to me, it's like, let's see where this offense goes. They invested pretty heavily in the offense. I mean, with Samuel coming earlier, um, yeah, yeah, McLaren get the extension, and then you draft um, uh, Jahan Dotson from Penn State, and it looked amazing. And then they haven't really even gotten Logan Thomas fully back up to speed after the ACL. Um, mm-hmm. So I do have a little bit of concerns about what that week-to-week utilization is going to be, but I do think that there's a good opportunity for that offense to be really be clicking. Um, and Carson Wentz is somebody that you might want to put on the bench and see what happens there. Um, hey, another was, uh, waiver claim for, for Drew and I, Carson yeah. Wentz. Yeah, so I think as far as like the the, the running back play for this week, um, looking at the options here, I'm going to assume that that's Michael Carter. Um, I thought he had a really strong performance, and I think if you are somebody that drafted Brees Hall with expectations that he's going to be doing things at the beginning of the season, you're probably not feeling too good about it. Um, that being said, um, Chicago's offense did struggle in that monsoon of the game last week. I still have a lot of confidence in the volume that David Montgomery gets. Um, so I would probably be playing him um, if that was my pick from the RB2 slot. Um, and then from a flex position, um, I'm still going to take the alpha, the guy that they paid a lot of money to just because he didn't put up the points last week. Um, I think that McLaren is still going to be uh, your, your best option there on that front. I am on board with both of those. Drew, do you have anything different? I'm thinking here a little bit about the James Robinson play because I felt like he just looked really good and I was shocked by that. But I think you have to just go with Montgomery. And McLaurin actually was sixth on his team in targets last week. 
he was behind Logan Thomas. I just think that you play him because there's no way they're letting seventy-two million dollars go down the drain, and he's six million team targets. He's going to get a lot of work this week, and he's going to bounce back. I I like both of those players as well, Montgomery and McLaurin. Okay, uh, Jared, we're not acknowledging this. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we're getting we're getting to the point where I think Drew wanted to to block you from being able to comment. So, uh, Ricky Dunks is here. Start two of the four. DJ Chark. Curtis Samuel, Darnell Mooney, and Bobby Trees. Man, Darnell Mooney broke my heart last week, but of course that, it was a monsoon of a game. Yeah, yeah, I still, yeah, I have a lot of confidence in Mooney. If you look at just like uh, in terms of stats of like, was he on the field? Was he not on the field? They only threw the ball about 20 times, um, and he didn't really have a lot of participation there, but he ran routes on 96% of the dropbacks. Um, so he is the alpha in that offense. Um, he's somebody that I think is actually a buy low candidate. Um, and I have a lot of confidence in him moving forward. Um, there's not really a lot going on in Chicago. Um, I think I saw a lot of people panic drop on Cole Komet as well. Um, mm. and I think that he could be like a viable play. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Moody is an easy choice there. Um, I think out of the remaining guys, uh, Drew and I were talking about this right before the show, but uh, Chark seems to have settled into the uh, the number two target role for Detroit for the time being, um, which we didn't really know how that was going to shake out, uh, which is bad news for yeah, all these owners. I'm going to go on mute now as we... <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Uh, yeah, you know, for me, I, Bobby Trees isn't part of this discussion. Darnell Mooney's the easy one, so then it becomes a discussion for that second guy between DJ Shark and Curtis Samuel. We mentioned what Curtis Samuel uh, did in Washington in week one. That's a guy that Rivera highly coveted coming over from Carolina. They paid him decent money in free agency to go to Washington. Um, but DJ Shark did look really good in week one, too. I, that's, a, that's a bit of a toss-up for me. I'm probably slightly leaning Curtis Samuel just because if I'm going to have him as my top waiver wire uh, guy for the wide receiver position over a guy like DJ Shark, I got to at least ride that for a week and be confident in what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I'm struggling here to pick a second guy. I don't see that Curtis Samuel is going to get that same type of opportunity that he did last week. So I'm a little concerned about throwing him back in. I think that they're going to try to push the ball back McLaurin's way. Bobby Trees is a non factor. Writing off Traylon Burks, but he stepped up with three targets for 65. Bobby Trees had one for 13. He's he's not even being looked at. That offense just looked terrible. So, yeah. Speaking of that, actually, with the uh, Fritter Ticker going at the bottom there, where did yeah Derrick Henry at number 10 for us? And I don't even know that both of you guys even had him in the top 10 because I know I had him at 10. I think one of you didn't even have him. I didn't put my rankings in our. Okay, so Drew, I, I had him, Derrick Henry. I had him at 10. Drew did not have okay. him in his top 10 at all. Okay. Um, I so. was number one with him last week, but he just – that offense just looks so bad. You expect him to move the ball a lot better against the Giants, and it just didn't happen. He had a couple of runs that got pulled back because of, like, yeah. stupid holding penalties. Um, so I think that, like, he'll be serviceable. But if he goes down um, – I know one of the things we talked before the season started is that the, t- the Tennessee Titans offensive line – dramatically dropped in like rankings like preseason rankings relative to last year um so if he goes down i don't know if hilliard or uh whoever else may step in in a backup capacity would even be able to get to 60 percent of what he's doing so um i had him handcuffed for a little bit just like a bench flyer but i'll probably be moving on from that and trying to find some newer pieces um 
But I, I think out of those two, I probably would end up taking Samuel to get back to the question. Um, I think that the Detroit offense is going to be variable week to week. Um, and it seems like they're letting Samuel really get creative with the ball. And he looks really explosive, um, which is a couple years removed from those bigger injuries that he had. Um, yep. So I like that one a lot. Okay. Um, so that's two thirds of us with Curtis Samuel, assuming that Drew is going with DJ Chark. He was split on the I'm, two. I'm split we're... on the two. I, I, they're both in the second highest slate in terms of the line for this week. I think there's going to be points put up on both sides. Samuel probably has a better chance at getting more opportunities than Chark because I still think Amonra is just going to eat away targets. And I think that they're going to try to spread the ball around TJ Hawkinson a little more, as we talked about before the show. So I'll, I'll lean Samuel with you guys as well. Well, there you go. All right, Ricky Donks, three for three with you around the 412 crew. Uh, Miles Sanders for DK. How about DK, seven receptions for 36 yards? Are we kidding? I had him going over 40 yards, and he gets 36 on seven receptions. Yeah. But but- that's not what we're, we're – not. Here, this isn't Platt's picks. We're not here to talk about that. But Miles Sanders for DK. I would say no. Um I have a hard time trusting the running back situation in Philadelphia. They've said through camp that he's their guy, um, but then Boston, uh, Scott has always managed to get carries. Gainwell had a pretty serviceable day, uh, all things considered. Um, Jalen Hurts is going to take away rushing work. I mean, they right. have four different guys score a rushing touchdown. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, and he scored zero touchdowns last year, so um, already a great improvement for him for sure. Um, but I think for me, like you can't just get rid of the alpha and offense. I know that people were down on DK a little bit, but if it, he already is trending downward, you don't want to sell him low. I would wait for a bigger week from him and then try to sell high. Um, I don't think that this really moves the needle um, unless you really have a, like if DK is just sitting on your bench and you need a starting running back, then okay, maybe that makes sense. Um, but if this is going to be like my wide receiver two or a flex for a RB2, eh, like it's not really doing it for me well for me i'm one of those downers on dk metcalf and to your point zach seven for seven geno smith's best game that he's gonna have this season was last night and he went seven for seven for 36 yards i just i'm not feeling dk at all i think that he has higher value right now than Miles Sanders. I think you try to look in another direction, but I'm trying to get out of DK Metcalf as quickly as possible. And I don't have any shares, obviously, because I was down, but if you have him, I'm trying to get out. So this is a situation where he's trying to get rid of Sanders. Like, it would be him trading Sanders for DK. Yeah, not a chance. Stay away. And and Joe, you would. He's got an announcement going on. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to get subjected. Asking a question. We don't want to. Lights are getting canceled right now. We don't want to get subjected to any searches. That's all we're saying. Um, to me, I just think it's kind of just like a meh trade. Like if you're selling high on Sanders, like DK isn't the guy that I would target. Um, and if I was on the other side, I wouldn't be trying to get. Like I would be waiting on on both ends. I just don't like the trade at all. Okay. I think it's I think it's fair, but I don't. I wouldn't do it. I don't like it. Do you think DK has a bigger game in him this year? I mean, yes. obviously if he hits two touchdowns, we'll say if he gets a lot of touchdowns, but he could go, he can have five targets, three receptions, and two of them be touchdowns, and that's his biggest game of the year. Here's here's a hot take for you for today. I am more concerned about CeeDee Lamb this season than I am about DK. I absolutely agree. 
I don't have him in my top 10. That's why I accidentally put Debo Samuel twice because I kept dragging <laughs> Lamb down the list. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I saw Debo and Debo Samuel. I was like, wow, he's really – he's got Debo Samuel, the running back, and Debo Samuel, the wide receiver, both in his yeah. top 10 this week. Yeah, I I screwed that up. I, I want nothing to do with CeeDee Lamb either, and that's crazy to me. But I, I texted Zach on Saturday or Sunday night right before the game started, and I was just like, why do I want Noah Brown right now? And I quickly added him as a waiver – right before the game started and he had a ton of targets didn't he let me go back and look yeah i'm not sure what he finished with yeah, but nine I, targets. I understand. wow okay and he was on the field more than cd i feel like like he was out there yeah he might be the better he's a better blocker for sure yeah i think it's, it's i'm not comparing the situations necessarily but it's like gabe davis playing 100 of the snaps in buffalo because he's the best blocking receiver for them over Stephon Diggs. Exactly. Too. So there's more but. opportunity out there if they decide to pivot from a run play into a pass. And I, I liked him. Him and Dalton Schultz are the only two you want on this offense right now. And Zeke maybe. But I saw people dropping Tony Pollard for on waivers last night because the whole offense, they're fading. But I think that even when Jack went out, Noah Brown was still getting targets. If Cooper Rush is going to target him and he's going to get points, it's just that he's going to be a flex play dart throw. But – I yeah. prefer him right now than CD. I'm not playing anybody in the Cowboys offense in anything until I see what the offense looks like with Cooper Rush. There was somebody game. on Facebook, uh, like in a Dallas Facebook group, that like is trying to make parallels between uh, like the Bledsoe injury and like how the Patriots found Brady, like and how this is going to be the same thing <laughs> for Cooper Rush. It was oh my goodness, it was magical. Um, and then one real last thing. Um, so we had one more comment from Michael. Um, he's trying to sell high on Sanders. Um, somebody that I would be interested in targeting actually would be like uh, like uh, Mooney. I think Mooney could be like a pretty comparable piece. Um, there's a guy um, on Twitter. His handle is uh, peaked in high school underscore fantasy football. Um, he does like a uh, like a rankings chart of like trade values. Um, so and it's broken down into different tiers by position. I guess I should probably share my screen now. That would make a lot more sense. Wouldn't it? You could do that. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's use our our stuff. Um, so uh, let me share this real quick with y'all. Um, so now you can see us. Um, some other things but uh so they have an entire ranking system that they update throughout the week they have things for uh different rules so depending on your format um and then uh it pretty much goes all the way down and you can see how things are moving so Najee obviously had a rough week one potentially injured um gonna be moving down the list if we're looking at this particular situation um like i mentioned they're pretty similarly ranked so you can see here we got sanders um at like this like 19 um a value and then dk was previously above him but now below um so you really are looking at pretty much anybody that falls into this tier um so this is a helpful tool, I think, just like to evaluate trades as you're getting them. Um, and this is something that gets pushed out every week. So this guy originally initially did this stuff on Reddit um, and then he got picked up by four for four. Um, and he still publishes this stuff uh, hmm. on the Twitterverse for free. So um, super useful tool. Um, and then if you're going to trade like multiple players then you just take the value on the left hand side. Um, and then add those together to kind of figure out what you're doing. Similar to like a keep trade cut for Dynasty. Um, it's that same kind May of metric there. And back to me. The Centers yeah. for Disease Control and Prevention <laughs> recommend social distancing to stop. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a relatively fair trade if you're if you're targeting someone like Darnell Mooney. Um, 
you know, I don't even necessarily think that like I I know where Drew is with DK. I get it. I, I don't think that if, if I'm really needing a receiver. Also, wait, we didn't ask. Uh, is this full point PPR or half point PPR? And does that make a difference for you guys, depending on what the answer that is? Yes, I, matches for, for eight points. Yes. What? He had seven catches for eight points on on Monday night for DK. Yes. Oh, yeah, because he fumbled too. Yeah, he fumbled. Yeah. Yes. I, I think that if the less PPR that you have in that, then – the more value you're going to get for Sanders. Yeah, I'm saying if it's a, if it is a if it is a full point PPR that probably leans a little bit more towards the DK side than if it's just a half point. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but I still think that Miles Sanders currently does have that little slightly higher value. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I'm very much out on like Lockett. I don't. I think Lockett is just going to be a decoy. Um, but I do think that something that DK has very similar to how I feel about AJ Brown as well, is that like, they don't need a lot of action to like take one to the house. Like every time that DK touches the ball, that mm-hmm. then is a threat to score. Um, so it's like, if they're going to target him seven times a game, I'm not going to get discouraged by the, the dot. I'll let him get the yak and we'll be fine. Um, so yeah, I don't know. There was also, um, about a thousand injuries between Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. And uh, Drew, I don't know how you want to do this. There's about, I said a thousand, but there legitimately is probably about a dozen injuries that you have listed here. However, you want to go through these, maybe just talk about like the important ones or the, the longer term ones, however you want to do it, just kick it off. I'm just going to rattle some off and we'll discuss. Joe, you can interrupt yeah. me if you want to talk to one. Um, Matthew Stafford with his elbow. They, they talked about that not being a big deal, but watching him last Thursday, that was a big deal in my opinion. It, he just looked terrible. His throws were sailing. Um, he came off the field at one point, point. we all started trying to read lips about how he said he couldn't throw. No one knows what he said, but it looks like there's a problem there, and I'm panicking. I have a lot of Rams players on my rosters, and I'm concerned. Allen Robinson absolutely killed me this week. It's going to be okay. Yeah. It's going to be okay. I'm not worried about it at all, honestly. Um, I, In my opinion, I don't think that he said that I can't throw. Um, I don't think that's what was said. He couldn't have done it like T.J. Watt, where like I very clearly was like, all right, he tore us back. Like, this is not good. <laughs> um, but uh, for Allen Robinson, um, he had a really high uh, like route run rate. It's just he didn't get the targets. I think that they got really overwhelmed by the pass rush and just weren't able to settle into the game outside of Cooper Cup. Um, but, like, Skoranek had eight targets. So, it's like they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Cam Akers did not look great um, at all. Henderson looked pretty solid and almost looked like the bell cow that we had. Um, so, it was funny. It was like James Robinson was what everybody thought Cam Akers was going to be. Um, and everybody's like, oh, like, James Robinson's kind of beat up. I don't think he's going to do it. And that script has been completely reversed. But the, the Stafford thing is definitely something to keep your eye on. I don't think that – I would start him if I have other options this week. Um, I think he has a good matchup and will be a top 10 QB this week. Um, I think they'll bounce back at home. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be a, a struggle. I don't think it impacts Cup, though, if, like, he got targeted so much that it's like he'll be fine either way. One of the top guys in football. Um, but it will be interesting um, for someone like Robinson. Like, what is that? do for him in the offense but it's i'm getting very similar vibes to um the robert woods situation last year where it was like he wasn't really doing a whole lot complained got some more work and they figured it out so i I, that offense is cooper cup right now as it should be 
and I don't think they're going to deviate from that. And everybody else will get some crumbs, but he's the big dog there. So. Right. And just to add on to Acres there, I, I don't think that he's hurt yet. I, I was looking at the plays. I watched some highlights. I think that he just has that doghouse in him. I think that based on the stuff that McVay said about him, I just think that there's something going on in that locker room and McVay is just not happy with him as a player. I don't know if he's not working hard enough or what, but it, it just looks like McVay is um, just avoiding him entirely. And I think I added Henderson on, in multiple leagues last night through waivers. He was my number one waiver that I actually ended up going with on a couple of rosters just because of how my roster was built. Um, I think that he has a better chance of being a bell cow all year than Akers does of coming on late just because it just it doesn't seem right in terms of him as a player. He looks like he's being faded by that team for whatever reason. Yeah. Do you have any point? You have anything to add to that? I do not. I mean, actions speak louder than words. It did not look good on Thursday, despite what they were saying. Uh, I'm not like hitting the panic button yet. We will see what week two brings. Um, but as a Cooper Cup owner, I, I, I feel safe with him. But if I had somebody, oh, I do have Allen Robinson in the league too. So I don't feel as secure about his position or really anybody else in that offense besides Cooper Cup, as we sit here right now. So T. Higgins with a concussion, obviously left the game mm-hmm. against the Steelers. Um, Zach Taylor said today that he made some steps, but again, this is a nonlinear injury. He can make a few steps, look like he's looking good. Then on Friday, he might wake up with a headache and they might pull him back a little bit. So that's something to monitor. Um, in the same game, we got Najee with his ankle and foot. Um, when he got tackled, I thought that his leg exploded. So I'm sitting here completely grateful that he's okay. And he's expected to play. Gumby. Yep, Gumby. Um, Move on to Elijah Mitchell. Easy one, sprained yeah. MCL, unfortunately, in that slop. You so know, that's that's what's so frustrating me is we were literally talking about the condition of that field before the yep. game, and we I said somebody's going to get hurt. Yep, somebody's yep. going to get hurt, probably a running back, because that's typically how it goes. Elijah Mitchell going to miss, what, minimum of four eight weeks? weeks? Eight weeks. Minimum of eight weeks? Yeah. Ooh. Sprained MCL, minimum of eight weeks. He's already on IR. Um. A lot of people added Jeff Wilson in waivers last night. Personally, for me, I avoided him. I went Henderson. I went with Julio. I just think that Jeff Wilson's going to get some work, but I think that this is a good thing for Debo Samuel. When he went down, he got more rushing attempts. I just think that that's who they are as an offense, that they're going to give the ball to Debo a little more instead of making Jeff Wilson a bell cow. Well, I think that's going to be what's interesting. So last year that happened, and you're right. I do think that Debo gets more running work, but does that also mean like that deteriorated his usage in the past game because he got banged up from running the ball? And so I think if it's going to help anybody out, I think Ayu is going to be the big beneficiary. He didn't have a strong showing in the in the storm last week, but he ran. He was one of nine players that ran 100% of the routes um, routes routes. I don't know. Change it up. <laughs> but uh so if Debo, yeah and if Debo's gonna be running the ball more than that opens that up because you just got to give him more of a breather um right. so if you have Ayuk, it could be beneficial for you especially with Kittle still banged up a little bit um but yeah Debo's gonna have the ball in his hands and we'll see if he can make plays he looks really good um despite the conditions last week I thought yeah yeah and to your point with Ayuk, I've been I've been really high on him. I felt like we were a year early on him last year. I was very disappointed in how he performed last year. He was in the doghouse. I think that you're right. Obviously, with Debo having his contract issues heading into camp, um, Brandon Ayuk got to work with Trey Lance a little more, and they have that chemistry. So I, I couldn't agree more with that take as well. 
Yep. And then moving on to uh, tomorrow night, Keenan Allen, he suffered a hamstring injury. He's already labeled as out. Um, I don't really have an option that I think that you can go to in terms of hamstring, uh, in terms of Keenan Allen, because when he went out, they actually just spread the ball around. I think they had seven guys at each tied with four targets and you'd expect Josh Palmer, but it looked like DeAndre Carter was actually the guy that Herbert was actually looking for, which made Gerald Everett. Yeah. Um, So I don't know if I'm at, I'm not playing anyone from this game unless you have Mike Williams, because we don't really know what's going to happen. I want to see it before I just throw Josh Palmer into the lineup. Mike Williams also like plays like insane against, the Chiefs. Yes. I don't know what it is. So yep. it's, it's like every time that he plays the Chiefs, just like yeah. when you said that, it reminded me though we did not get vintage Sammy Watkins week one. Yeah, I was pissed. Unfortunately. Yeah, my so, DFS were robbed. Were terrible last week. I I was struggling all around. I was pretty upset. Um, so was Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Before we move on though, Mike Williams might be my new title lock. Well, yeah, Mike Williams is a huge – he's always been boomer bust. Except I know like that. I know that. But before I was focused on Tyler Lockett, we've already moved past that. He's <laughs> on. We don't have to worry about him anymore. Now I'm on the train to get rid of Mike Williams in terms of fantasy. I think he's going to explode tomorrow night to your point, but he's my guy. Yeah. I'm. Hey, we didn't mention uh, Chris Godwin. Going to miss a couple weeks probably, but not maybe as severe as what it looked like originally or what they had thought it could be. Right, yeah, he was actually next on my list. I think it's out of order with our notes. But um, Chris Godwin, oh. he's going to miss a few weeks. That's why I was super high on who. Yeah, I felt like they were scheming ways to get Julio the ball on mm-hmm. Sunday night. So they were giving him rushing attempts, which usually you're going to give that to your speed guy, and they were just confident in him being that runner. And Mike Evans was like 28th or 20th or something last year in targets. He's a guy that just – they're throwing the ball to him in the red zone, but consistently – downfield that was chris godwin so who's going to be that guy when chris godwin's out i think it's going to be julio jones i'm very high on him i felt like he looked really good i mean last year he struggled with hamstring injuries and until that happens this year i think that he's capable of being a solid flex option yeah they were trying to fool us with this russell gage crap huh yeah i'm surprised that they signed him like it just seemed kind of pointless um if you're going to bring in julio but yeah it'll be interesting to see i don't know how sustainable it is. He popped up on the injury report today with a knee thing, um, but I think it was more of like a better end maintenance day. Yeah. Um, but they had a couple that they missed on that would have gone for some pretty big plays. So I don't know if it's like Brady was just mad that they said they couldn't do like the Moss Brady thing with Julio, but we'll see. And I, from what I've heard, Julio started doing the TB12 uh, treatment oh, at the end of pre Wow. Camp. He's all in. You know, I, I bet you Antonio Brown is punching air right now hearing about this relationship. That's exactly what Julio could be. We saw what AB was. There were some games where he was elite as a fantasy wide receiver with the Bucks. I think that Julio is going to step in and be similar to that. He definitely has the potential. Um, he, he's not that far removed from being one of the top guys in the league. So he may not be what he once was, but he's still got, he's got some juice there. He's got enough. Yeah. He's got enough to be relevant. And then uh, Dak Prescott. He suffered that thumb injury. It was originally reported that he would miss six to eight weeks, but they decided not to put a pin in his thumb, which is going to speed up his recovery. That could be Jerry Jones just thinking with his with his wallet or something, because I feel like they should have won with the six to eight week with the pin, but he's risking it. Um, he could be back maybe before he would have to go on IR for four weeks, maybe two or three weeks missed. 
Um, so yeah, they'd not, have to decide by Saturday if he's going on IR. So yeah. if he's not going on IR, I feel pretty good that he might be back in like two or three weeks. I don't know why they would rush it, but just in time to not be able to utilize CD Lamb. And then, um, Joe, you mentioned this earlier, Alvin Kamara with the ribs. I still think it's pretty early. They didn't talk too much about how he's feeling. So something earlier throughout the week. And then uh, my last guy here was McCorkle Jones with the back injury. McCorkle. Yeah. Uh, he, he practiced in full today, so he'll be out there against the Steelers next week. And Alex Heisman's going to be landing on his ass. So. <laughs> Good luck, McCorkle. I love it. Hey, uh, you didn't have this on there because he didn't get hurt in a game, but I saw he missed practice today. It's Wednesday, so that could be a day where if you're going to miss practice, it would be Wednesday. DeAndre Swift, though, didn't practice. Yeah, that happened like a, an hour ago that they released that. I don't yeah. know what's going on there. Obviously, it's something that monitors. Probably a, they said ankle. Yeah, it's probably just uh, keeping him fresh for the week. He had a lot of, a lot of work on yeah, looked really good too. I mean, I didn't watch the game; I just watched the highlights. But he was breaking off long run after long run. Um, any other injuries, or is that it? That's all I had on my list. Okay. All right. Well, for the first time, we're going to move the football down to start sit. Uh, if you guys have obviously any questions for us in the comments, please go ahead and do so. Uh, in terms of that, we've gotten some great ones. Uh, that's how we actually started off the show because we get to the comments as soon as we can. But if you guys have more stuff, please before uh, be sure to type them up. Um, but I guess as we wait, <laughs> what do you want to talk about while we wait? I think one of the interesting things that we looked at and like you're trying to figure out is like the tight end wasteland and like who is like a reliable player right now. Um, somebody that I think everybody faded at least a little bit uh, was Mike Gesicki um, just because they added to the wide receiver room. Um, but if you think about Gesicki's utilization in years past, he was primarily a slot receiver. Um, but if you look at the routes run from last week, he actually was only running routes like 43% of the time. Um, so it's mm. like they've completely like ruined anything that he has. Um, so it's like to me, like there's if you have him on your team, like you need to be finding other options. Um, on the flip of that, um, I don't know how, but Tyler Conklin has emerged as like a wide receiver kind of tight end for new uh for the jets he ran routes on 82 percent of pass attempts hayden hurst who you normally think of as a blocker ran 80 percent of the time um and like that was right there with like evan ingram darren waller um so it's it's really interesting to see so i would say you want to get people like above 70 percent um Gusecki at 40 percent man like there's no way you can be starting this week or yeah. realistically having a team anymore right yeah I'll add on to his Hayden Hurst. I, I was really high on him in terms of a waiver claim. He's mm -hmm. just a guy that he has talent. He, he came in the league in this uh, with second round. He just got fallen behind really good tight ends and just forgotten about. He, he came in with Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews took over. Great stud tight end. Went to Atlanta. Fell behind Kyle Pitts. Great tight end. Like it, It's just a guy that had bad luck, and I think that he finally found his spot where he has the opportunity to to make some noise, but obviously he's still going to be like the third or fourth option in Cincinnati. But I, I think there's going to be weeks where you need a, a bi-week fill-in. He's definitely someone that you can throw in there and hope to get some uh, some points out of him. Obviously he's going to be touchdown dependent if you really want him to boom, just like every other tight end. But I think that they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Surprisingly, I think Burrow threw like 50 sometimes 
on Sunday, they were down, but I think that that's going to be what they are as a team. And I think Hayden Hurst is going to be someone that you can look to and throw into your lineup when you need someone. Yeah. No, he, he did look really good against the Steelers. He had that one big catch in overtime that yeah. set up uh, one of the Bengals' misses, what we thought was going to end the game. Um, actually, this is a good way, uh, if, if people aren't going to comment, that we can implement something I want to start doing every week where I ask you guys if it's an overreaction or if you can get on board with it. Uh, I want to start, and I know Drew's going to love this, is it an overreaction to say Michael Thomas is back? I, I do. Um, it's just because he's been out of football for so long that I still need to see more about what yeah. he is. The guy I was actually really impressed by was Jarvis Landry. I, I felt like he brought a lot to the Saints um, on Sunday. And I, he's a guy that I'm watching as someone that I would prefer to have on my roster because I think that his throws are high percentage. And I still think Michael Thomas is going to be touchdown dependent. And yeah. if he had those two scores, then he wasn't – He's not going to be talked about as much as he was. And for the first three quarters, I think he was invisible. I think it all yeah. happened late. And it's just one of those things I got to see more of it before I really buy into it. I think from what I saw from the game, um, which wasn't a ton, but it looked like the timing between Jameis and Michael Thomas was like a bit of a struggle. Yeah. Um, it didn't seem they were really on the same page, and that probably has to do with that lack of reps. Um, that being said, Drew, to your point, um, both of those guys had 25% or more of a target share uh, in the game on Sunday. Michael Thomas was at 25%. Uh, Jarvis Landry was at 28 um, It seems like he's back into the role that he had really in Washington. Um or not Washington, uh, Miami, uh, Cleveland too. Uh, but like Jarvis Landry was pretty much like what Jalen Waddle is for like the yeah. Dolphins now. It was like he might catch like 20 balls and uh, do the Tyler Lockett and only get like 30 or 40 yards. But PPR was amazing. I do think that Michael Thomas is back. Um, I'm really excited to see him uh, continue to progress. Um, and I think that it, it bodes well for the offense. Um I think that he's still the number one guy. I think it hurts somebody like Chris Olave to have like the emergence of Landry kind of being in that second target option. Um, but yeah, the New Orleans slants looking good. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, for one more thing for Thomas, I'm I'm just really happy for him because he hasn't played football for two years. It's just that because of that long time off, I just feel like he needs to get out there more, and I need to see it a little more before I'm just going to completely buy into it. Like he's not a guy I'm just throwing into my lineup and expecting the top production that he had. And the other thing too, is when he was a top receiver, he was getting like 12 targets a week. And I just don't see that type of target share continuing throughout the season. Does it give you any hope in the future? Obviously he's not going to be playing this year. Um, but for uh, what's his face from Atlanta that's suspended Calvin Ridley, like to seeing Thomas, yeah. like his absence, like I would have thought like, all right, you haven't played in two years. Like it's done. It's done. It's over. Right. Does that give you any like optimism from like a dynasty perspective that like yeah. Calvin Ridley can, can come back since it's not injury related? Yeah, that, that's, that's the thing right there. It's not injury related, so he can just he can still work out the same way he was working out before during the off season, and he's going to be ready when he comes down to it next year. And I I, I think he's going to be on a different team, and they're going to be someone out there that's going to give him the targets, just like AJ Brown moving over from Tennessee to Philadelphia, which I do hope you bring him up as an overreaction. Um, I think that he's going to go somewhere and he's going to have the opportunity to excel again because he's able to work out and be prepared for when it happens. Do not ruin my topic list. That better be on it, though. 
Uh, well, that's not my next one for sure, because my next one is going to pivot to Baltimore. Is Baltimore going to make it a point of emphasis to target receivers this year? Devin Duvernay with two receiving touchdowns. I don't care about that. I'm going to tell you why in a second. I'll just go with this. Um, I don't think that they're going to target receivers the way they did on Sunday. The New York Jets defense is just terrible, and they have no one that can cover anybody on the outside. The big thing I took from this game, though, is that I want nothing to do with the Baltimore Raven backfield. Mike Davis and Kenyon Drake absolutely destroyed me across DFS this last week. I, I, yeah. I was shocked by the utilization that they had. And if they're going to come back and give J.K. Dobbins a huge workload because he can't, they can't trust those other guys, I don't think he's making it through the season. I just don't. Mark Andrews is still the guy. He had two long bombs that, like, he almost had, but Sauce Gardner made, like, an unbelievable play to save a touchdown. Yeah. Um, and then he missed another one. Uh, I am not really concerned about it at all. I think that Bateman will probably emerge as, like, a target. I, I told Zach last night something that Joe's going to absolutely hate, and I'm going to bring it up anyways. I was not as high on Mark Andrews as everyone else. I was taking pits over him. I took pits over him in multiple drafts. Obviously, it hasn't worked out yet. But Mark Andrews, majority of the work that he got last year to make him fantasy relevant came with Tyler Huntley. It's just a fact. He exploded when Tyler Huntley was on the field. And I'm concerned that he just doesn't have the chemistry with Lamar that he did and showed with Tyler Huntley. He's still great. He's still a top tight end. But he absolutely exploded onto the scene with Tyler Huntley. With you Tyler. also – the one thing I will say to counter that, though, is that Lamar had a very uh, – it was a much lower TD percentage than he did in previous years. So part of the reason that I'm so bullish on Mark Andrews is, one, he is the top target on his team. Um, so that, like, immediately is going to put him into, like, a top three to five area. And that's the same thing for Pitts. It's the same thing for Kelsey. Kittle used to be that way, but it's not really like that. But what if anymore. he's not? Like what if what if Zach's saying is true and we're not like we're we're not overreacting yet, but what if three weeks down the line we're seeing that Rashad Bateman and Devin Duvenay a thing? If Devin Duvenay is a thing, there's there's I, he only got yeah, he only got four targets in this game. Right. He just caught all four and two and were touchdowns. Right. But they also got up really big on the Jets once they finally got moving and they didn't have to do as much. Mm-hmm. So I I still think Andrews is obviously a top tight end because the tight end position is a wasteland, but I just don't, he's not who he was last year. That's all I'm saying. And if you have that expectation, I feel like you're going to be slightly disappointed. You're still going to get top tight end production out of him, but if you're expecting him to be Travis Kelsey, he's not going to be Travis Kelsey. And I'm hoping that Kyle Pitts is more of Travis Kelsey, but I just don't see Andrews being that. Yeah. You know what I'm looking at right now? is tight end production from week one. So Travis Kelsey finished with the most fancy points at 22. The next five guys are all owned in like less than 30% of leagues. And two of them are 0%. I bet. No. O.J. Howard, 1%. Okay, Taysom Hill, 10%. Gerald Everett, 27%. Will Disley and Colby Parkinson, both Seattle tight ends are in there. And they're 0% owned. Wait, are you look, what were you looking at? Targets or total yeah. fantasy points? No, fantasy, fantasy points in week one. And there were only uh, eight tight ends in total that cracked double digits. It was a bad yeah. week for tight ends. It was a terrible week. Overreaction, the tight end position sucks. 
No. <laughs> yes. Uh, let me come up with some more. You, you mentioned AJ Brown. I actually don't know. I was messing around. I have I don't know where you wanted me to go with that. To be honest, I'm just absolutely shocked that he got the target share. Really? It's not. It's not the player. It's the offense. I couldn't okay. believe that Jalen Hurts threw the ball as much as he did and as well as he did, and how many times AJ Brown got the ball. Like he went from a rush first offense to a rush first offense, but they made it a point to throw the ball to AJ Brown as much as possible. And I just, I didn't expect that coming into the season. I thought that he would get the ball, but not the way he got the ball on Sunday. And if that's a thing, he has a real chance to be wide receiver one this year. He should be in the conversation with Jamar Chase, Monte Adams. If he's getting that type of target share, Joe, he absolutely should be. He's paid him $100 million, so he better get that target share. You don't think yeah. that he has that ability if he's getting that type of work? After what I saw this week from that man, Justin Jefferson. Oh, no, I didn't say he's <laughs> No, I know. He doesn't have it. Their own tier for me. Yeah, so he could be wide receiver three, but he ain't going to be one or two. Okay, that's fair. I, I spoke a little bit too much. But if he's getting 12 targets a game and they're yeah. those types of targets. Can we – can we pivot this actually to our our guys of the week? I'm not using the term that, that Drew's been throwing around to me. What is there? We're not saying it. <laughs> our guys of the week, because actually one of mine, I, I feel like it's not necessarily like an under-the-radar guy, but this is a guy going back to 2020 that I wanted the Steelers to draft. Missed out on him because Indy took him anyways. Michael Pittman Jr., though. Like, how many guys are that solidified into a wide receiver one role where it's like, the wide receiver two is such a distant two yeah. that like, you know, the volume that he's going to get, is just going to be exceptional. Like I love Matt Ryan and Michael Pittman jr. This year as a, as a duo. And they looked terrible. The like start, the yeah. team looked yeah. awful on Sunday, but like mm-hmm. it's Matt Ryan, like he gets his guy and he peppers on the ball. And it looks like we all knew that Pittman was going to be the guy, but I think there was concerns. Like, is it really going to go down like that? And it's exactly how it did. So you got him in the third round. Like you're probably feeling pretty nice about it. Um, I'm very excited about him too. I think he's going to have a monster season. How wild is it before you guys say your guys, I'm looking at targets. Uh, Deontay Johnson. I don't know if it seemed like this watching the game fourth, most targets, right? Yeah. In the league. Yeah. I mean, he's still the alpha in that offense. I, was uh, a little dis- a little bit disappointed in how the offense performed. Um, I thought at the times that Trubisky did have time that he kind of got rattled, and then he was very happy feet like for the majority of the game. A lot of it was deserved, um, as my computer's about to die. I figured this out momentarily. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Deontay's going to get the ball a lot. Um, so good for him. To Joe's, to Joe's point, and I don't want to support Flash's – narrative towards getting Pickett as a starting quarterback. That was the one thing that I was watching throughout the preseason that I just felt like Mitch always seemed like he was in a panic mode. He looked like a rookie quarterback in terms of how the rush was coming and he just felt like he couldn't handle the pressure. And I felt like Pickett didn't look that way. I'm not concerned about Trubisky. I think that things are going to get better as, as the season goes along, but that was the one thing that I, looked at them as a separation. I was like, why I felt like Pickett had, there was an argument to be had for him to be the starting quarterback this year, just based on that. But I think, I think what that is, is the off a product of the offensive line still like, even when they're not, when they have snaps that aren't bad, right. it's quarterbacks anticipating that it's going to be, and they're not right. going to have the time. That but they Pickett didn't do. have and that. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So that's the, that was the separator for me that I just felt like I understand why people are clamoring for Pickett. But again, that's not who the Steelers are. They're going to give Trubisky the chance to be the guy until he's not. And Yeah. Um, who, who was your guy? Like I said, Michael Pittman's my guy that I'm pounding the table for. Uh, my guy was the Monroe St. Brown. And mm, okay. the reason why for that is because all offseason, everyone's argument was that there was no TJ Hawkinson. There was no DeAndre Swift. There was no one there that was competing with him for targets. And guess what? They were all back, and he was the number one guy who was getting targets. He had 12 targets. He had eight receptions, which is what we're expecting. Eight to ten. If he can get eight to ten uh, receptions a week, he's going to be relevant, no matter how far his ADOT is. Um, he's going to be relevant and he got 64 yards and he was able to get in the end zone. If that's a week to week thing, he is a staple in your lineup. And I was really happy to see that he was able to shut up a lot of the haters in terms of what they were saying about Hawkinson and Swift. Yeah. Dude's also absolutely shredded uh, for anybody that that didn't watch hard knocks. Um, Joe's going to be back in just one second. There he is. I think this looks a little bit better. uh, Every time. (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm I'm also saying the the like vertical camera that it it presents for the bottom. I think it fits better with him being at the bottom and you being in that. that yeah, corner. interesting. All right, let me. I'm gonna mute now because we're TSAing. But uh, is nice. this for is this for this week or is this like? Uh... Um, I, I took it as just like something that you picked up on week one that you're just like this guy going forward is one of the guys that he pounded the table for. That's oh, at least it's something that we do weekly. It was just something that was new like something that like happened during that week that you weren't expecting or if someone got hurt and you saw this guy step up you think it's real or not just stuff like that but i for week one it was for me it was all about a monitor st brown i'm surprised that you didn't say saquon honestly so saquon mm. felt like the obvious choice yeah That's why i separated them like i was clamoring for saquon all off season because i just feel like he's healthy and when he's healthy you see what he is he we talked about this people were fading Saquon, but not fading CMC in the first round, which I thought was absolutely insane. And we know what he is. As long as he's healthy, this is what he is. And he's going to compete for RB1. Um, one thing I do want to bring up, Drew, just because of Javante Williams, like I feel like anytime I see anything yeah. about him, I got to bring it up on here. 12 targets. Yeah, can we talk game. about Javante Williams quick? Go ahead. I just brought his name up. Him and Brees Hall, the only two running backs to get double-digit targets. Yeah. So I'm going to start with the little bit of a fantasy aspect, and I'm just going to rant and just flip out about the <laughs> I feel like Javante Williams has a floor. So I, when I'm going to argue about him as a player, it's going to be about a football aspect and not about his fantasy. Value. I feel like he had 20 fantasy points on Monday night, and he didn't even score a touchdown. I think he has a solid floor at 10 to 15. And if he scores a touchdown in that week, he's a boom. My problem is that I felt like he looked amazing as a football player on Monday night. And every single time they took him out, their drive stalled. And that's not something against Melvin Gordon. It was just something about the energy that Javante Williams brings as a player. It was just helping that offense move. And Benjamin Albright, he's a great guy on Twitter. I follow him and love his Mm -hmm. content. But he was – he was gloating a little bit about how he said that Melvin Gordon was still going to be a thing. And I tweeted out and I was just like, just look at what the offense looks like 
when Melvin Gordon's on the field and when Javante Williams on the field. And he was just like, oh, they had a false start penalty, knocked them back, and it just knocked them out of rim. I was like, bullshit. Like, in the fourth quarter, they had a false start penalty with a minute left, and they're driving downfield trying to get that game-winning field goal. And they put Javante Williams in. He got a screen pass. He made it fourth and manageable. Of course, they completely forgot about the play clock, had no idea what they're doing, and kicked the 64-yard field goal. But Javante Williams is just – he looks like a special player to me. And if they're going to continue to do this, I feel like it's football malpractice. And they're going to continue to lose games to a Seattle Seahawks team that's lucky to win five games. And if they want to frick around, they're going to find out exactly what it's like having Javante Williams on the bench. I just think that they're doing themselves a disservice as a football team by playing Melvin Gordon as much as he's playing. I, I think he should be on the field and spell Javante Williams, but a 50-50 timeshare just doesn't make sense. And if you want to go – if you want to win seven games this year and be mediocre, fine. But they can't mess around with that in the division that they're playing in. They need to give this guy the football if they want to win games. That's just how I feel. Yeah. Also spent an early second round pick on him and they yeah. traded up to they draft traded him. up for him. That's they, what I was gonna say too. Yeah, just, just... They just look clueless, like as an organization. Like this dude is talented. If you want to give him some they don't have the fifth time. year on him either because it was in the second round. Like right. there's just so, so many things going to they should be getting the touches out of him right now. I right. just don't get it. Like just watch the game. It's simple eye test. They're a completely different football team, in my opinion, when he's on the field. Like Whatever. If you want to go and lose games, fine. Whatever. But like, it just doesn't make sense to me. We're gonna get our fantasy football points because he has a he has a solid floor, and when he scores a touchdown, we're gonna get some boom weeks. That's as simple as that. But if they if they want to win football games, put them on the field. We're gonna be looking at twenty five points a week from this guy. I also know this isn't like a fantasy thing. I don't know if I've watched a worse coach game in my life than yeah. what Nathaniel Hackett did on Monday night. And people want to fire. Not just the comment. usage. Yeah. Not just the running back usage. Just all around. And really Russ bad. was completely confused at times. Like on the play when Javante fumbled, like it was like the third play in a row where it looked like Russ forgot that the play clock existed. Yeah, and took it, it down it to zero, and then he has to clap real fast to get the snap. Like, yeah, right. Like they, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, whatever. If you want, well, you know what? That's a product yeah, of Seahawks, whatever. People want to say, you know, not guys not playing whatsoever, starters playing whatsoever in the preseason. That's what that's what Denver did, and look yeah. at what that offense looked like to kick yeah. off the season. But think like he had 30 yards rushing in the first quarter. I had a prop bet on him at over 45, and he didn't Same. hit. Him. He had 30 yards I, rushing in the first quarter. Like, are you are you kidding me? Like, it makes no sense. Like, whatever. Just well, the same game parlay had, had five games this year. Whatever. The same game parlay had that for Javante and DK over 40 yards, and neither one happened. They were like literally as safe as I could go, and yeah. it didn't happen. So yeah, just whatever. They want to lose football games, prick them. They're, they'll find out. They'll find out what it's like not playing Javante Williams. I, I promise them that. I'm gonna. I tweeted at the Broncos like three times to say. <laughs> Joe, do you have a guy though that you're like you you picked up on on week one? You're like, wow, I, I, like this surprised me. This is a guy going forward that you might not have thought. Or, as soon as they're done with that announcement, you can let me know on that. You know who else I say because you said about St. Brown in Detroit. Like I was kind of not as high as where DeAndre Swift was being drafted, but he yeah. looked really good. Yeah, I was concerned because we know the talent. Like, coming out of Georgia, like, the dude was elite. But, like, I just didn't know if he could stay healthy. He just always has lagging injuries that just he's playing through them, but they just they hinder him as a player. So, if he stays healthy, I think he has that upside where he was drafted. But, like, you were drafting him at your ceiling, in my opinion, because of, because of those injuries that he usually sustains. So, 
Swift probably would have been one of my guys going into the draft that I liked a lot. I don't really have too many shares of him, mostly just because of where I was in the draft order. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a couple of people that came to mind for me. Um, one uh, was Christian Kirk in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had a really good game. I had a lot of concerns in the preseason. It's unbelievable. I also have Chris, I I have Christian Kirk in the lead. Actually, I'll ask you guys this because we're still on start sit stuff. I'll bring up my own start sit question here because uh, who was it that I was considering taking out? Um, no, not best ball. Get out of here. But he absolutely uh, looked like the alpha in that offense, mm-hmm. um, which we expected oh, from the money side of would it. Would you but I, would you play him this week over Darnell Mooney? Who are we saying? Monster yes, Trump? Christian Kirk. Oh. Yeah, yes. his targets were elite target share. Because I feel like, I mean, Cortland Sutton, I, I liked what I saw, relatively speaking. I think his targets are only going to go up. Um, and then I Juju, almost... I have Juju, and I think that's going to be a high-scoring game. He's, I mean, I, I feel like... If you can get anyone probably... in the Chargers-Chiefs game, I think you have to play them. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. To me, it's it's Mooney or Christian Kirk. Yeah. Because I'm playing those two. Sutton I like Kirk. I think they'll both have nice weeks. I think that they will both outperform Sutton this week. Really? I have Sutton as my number 10 receiver this week. Yeah, uh, but I don't, there's not really a good reason for that. It's just a hunch. I thought Booty looked good. <laughs> I mean, he the had that long he had that long <laughs> touchdown, but the Booty looked good. The Booty always looked good. He always looked good. I want to bring up another one, though. So okay. another big takeaway that I had this week, and I absolutely love this because of who I – who he is in the preseason, I was just raving about him, and his ADP just made no sense to me. AJ Dillon, AJ freaking Dillon, like he led the team in targets. Yeah, and did he really he, he did. He led. He had way more snaps or um, rushes than uh, AJ Dillon. They were on the field at the same or uh, Aaron Jones. And the thing for me, it wasn't even just those numbers. They were down. That should have been game script where Aaron Jones should have been feasting, but AJ Dillon was the guy. In on my that opinion. on that point, they were pretty similar to the third into the third quarter and then they like Dylan got like four carries in a row like at that point. Um they also said after the game that they want to get um the ball more uh spread out, I guess, or something. They didn't want Dylan dominating the touches as much. So we'll see if that's like coach speaker what that looks like. But yeah, especially if you're drafting ESPN, like huge steal. Yeah. Um because his like ADP a was in the hundreds. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. And uh I, I just think it's going to go up for both of them. Their wide receivers look terrible. Christian Watson couldn't get Awful. the ball dropped into his lap and couldn't catch it. I, I, I think Romeo Dobbs looked good, but the targets weren't there. I think that the two guys you want, obviously, are those two, and I just think it's going to be better. And the separator for me is that if you're at the goal line, A.J. Dillon's got way more weight, and you see those legs. Like, he's getting the touchdowns. Yeah. Uh, I know that something like Lovey's already come out and said something about it going forward. You know, we'll see what he actually does with it. But how are we feeling about the week one situation that we saw in Houston with Rex Burkhead? I don't like that backfield. I think that Pierce got super overdrafted. Um, he, he did. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. The Their offense did not look great. I don't think that Mills is going to take the step forward that everybody was hoping for. Maybe that's a bit of an overreaction in itself, but um, yeah, I don't. I, I think at best it's going to be a timeshare kind of situation. I don't feel crazy about either one. 
um, you're really banking on an injury for either one of those two to be startable for me. I disagree, but you can't start either of them until you see it with Damian Pierce. But I, I just I think that he's really talented. I think that he's eventually going to come on. Um, I know Lovey Smith did say that he would be more rested. I don't know if you saw the most recent comment though. Yeah. About like the glass half full or whatever or something with him. It was no? another comment where they were okay. essentially just like, we know we need to get him the ball. Like, I think that they know that he's so do it. talented <laughs> and maybe they're just not rushing him into this. Rex Burkett's a veteran. They're going to get him the ball, but I I'm playing him every single week in a DFS lineup because in my opinion, there's, it's going to come and he's just going to absolutely explode and onto the scene. And he's going to win DFS lineups for you at that point. But I'm not putting Are him Are we in. still talking about football? Damian yeah, Pierce. I'm very confused. <laughs> wait, wait, I don't understand. It's okay. You'll see it later when we post it on, on Twitter. Yeah. Just the, I said some, that of the, some of the Damian words Pierce that were gonna, there. They said that they need to get him the ball. Yes. I'm going to play Damian Pierce in DFS every yes. week because mm-hmm. there's going to be a week where he explodes onto the scene. Is that not yeah. what I said? He's coming. That's out. kind of what you said. All right, my cat's jumping around. <laughs> um, I, I think that there's going to be a week where he just comes out of nowhere and that he's going to be a staple in your lineup, but you can't put him into a redraft lineup until you actually do see it. Yeah, for sure. You know who I think is going to be a top five player this year is going to be Fournette. Fournette mm. like, is looking crazy. There's no one really to back him up. I mean, Rashad White will get like some pass down work, but yeah. Lenny looked good i mean for all they were saying in camp where he was like oh he's 260 pounds and like all this stuff like dude he's he's mac from always sunny he put on all of the weight as a joke and then right before week <laughs> one he just shed it it's insane he doesn't look like that at all but the pictures were there during the preseason yeah. where he just looked humongous he got he that james, james harden diet yeah exactly <laughs> bang uh so did we have stuff for like ad drop the thing is we normally do the show on tuesday uh due to yeah. joe's travel we're doing you know wednesday so like we miss that waiver wire wednesday talk um so i don't really know what we want to do with this if you guys had anything to bring up um really the only thing that i was gonna say is just like thinking about like uh defenses for the week um just like i think cleveland will still be a serviceable streaming option um they have a decent matchup um, the, the Bengals are also a pretty popular, uh, defense to stream for the week. Um, if you don't have like the, uh, like the bills or somebody, um, I just, I picked up the bills by the yeah. way, defense. Really? Yeah. That's good stuff. What'd you say? I didn't like, I didn't like what I saw from green Bay. Uh, obviously loved what I saw from Buffalo. So I just made that switch. Yeah. I think the Steelers defense, even without TJ might be. I guess not matchup proof, but majority of the offenses in this league, I feel like you can have them on your team and you don't have to worry about ad dropping. I just felt like they looked that good. I forgot where I saw it. Win games. I forgot who said it. Um, it was one of the Steelers beats, but um, they said that they the defensive scheme that they're running right now is almost like a hybrid of like previous defenses from Flores and. Uh, well, I thought it was. I thought that was a tweet from one of the guy, the Patriots reporters. Is that where, where it was from? I think so. Because yeah, they were talking, the Patriots guys. Well, they were talking about like how they're using a lot of cover two and then like single high. It was like I think like seventy or eighty percent of like the snaps, and it's yeah. just terrorizing everybody. Because I mean, we have that front four, but yeah, right. the Steelers defense is probably going to be a good pickup as well, just because they didn't have a lot of people were nervous about Week One against Cincinnati. 
Yeah. Um, so I think that they would be probably still be available. Um, so that's definitely a good ad as well. Um, I just never think of it because like a home league, like somebody's going to have the Steelers. Usually. Right. Right. Wait till you see what their value was in DFS. Um, I, this might be the tweet that you're talking about, Joe, from Evan Lazar of Patriots.com. Steelers defense feels like it's combined. Terrell Austin split safety roots with Brian Flores' man coverage tendencies. Yeah, that's cover the two, one. 23 snaps and cover one, 17 snaps on over 50% of since he's passing plays. Yeah, so it'll be it'll be cool to see. Um, Drew, anything else that you wanted to bring up? Maybe like about like our waiver stuff that we put out yesterday. Obviously, like it's passed, so if those guys didn't clear, yeah. it's kind of pointless. But I talked about Julio. Um, Joe mentioned Mike Kosicki. I had him on my list here as someone you just drop him. There's no point. Um, I mentioned Noah Brown. I like him. He's only owning 0.8% of leagues. I, I just think that like he's someone you can stash. He's going to get you targets. I feel like he's safe if you need a flex play. And then um, one more guy, actually. I have him in my DFS lineup then because I had to go low in my wide receiver cost. But Greg Dortch. Um, mm. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Brown was getting a lot of attention and he was just there just feeding targets and seven receptions on nine targets for 63 yards. I added him in a lot of leagues. I didn't use a waiver claim on him. I waited for him to clear, but I think that he's a guy that maybe you can get something out of until uh, Hopkins comes back. Okay. Yeah. We still, we're still on the Zach Ertz train there though, right? I would say so, yeah. I mean, he was banged up last week a little bit. Um, right. It looks like he's banged up again, but still trending to play. Um, but, yeah, uh, his routes run and all that stuff, all the numbers look good, even though the results weren't necessarily there. Um, and I think that's the big thing. Like, So you don't want to panic drop people week one. Um, on one hand, you could get somebody like a Cordero Patterson last year who really flashed um, and then was great the whole season. He also looked tremendous last week. Um, I think he – was severely underdrafted. Um, but uh, it, it, I think it's all about like, all right, what is this person like? What is what is their role on the team pretty much? So like if this is like a handcuff and like they haven't surfaced yet or if they're a rookie and it's like they're going to take some time, like you can't just go and drop everybody because they have one bad game. Um, I usually give people two, three weeks before I really start moving the needle unless it's like, all right, like all of these metrics are looking pretty terrible. Um, Field so. Yates put something out today about Mike Kosicki, and that's what really put me over the edge. I just, I just don't think that it's there. They were using him more of as a blocker this this week, more than usual. And then there was a ton of talk about them trying to trade him at the end of the, at the beginning of preseason. So I, I think that they're just out on him. I just don't think he's going to get the role that he used to have. So I just don't think he's worth the roster spot. Yeah. Okay. Um, anything else before we take a look at these, uh, your DFS lineup? No, I don't think so. I'm, I had a terrible week. Uh, if anybody cares <laughs> to know in terms of like how I felt. Oh, Drew, um, Drew cheated to beat me in yeah. our one dynasty league. So the other thing I'll say as well, hey, is Cam Akers, a goose egg, and I still beat you. There's probably a lot of people that are a little nervous about Kyle Pitts right now, but his targets were there. The routes were there. Um, so he's going to have his stuff happen. So if you think that there's someone in your league that is panicking about him, like this is probably going to be like the one dud game for the year. So like that's like a great like buy low target. Um, yeah. So. I send a trade once a, one, once a day on Kyle Pitts. They always get declined, but it's not going to stop. So maybe this week I'll, I'll say yes. 
All right. Well, uh, Drew, let's take a look at this week's DFS lineup. I love the one. I love the uh, Greg Dorch in here, by the way. I just want to say that before I put it up. Where do you want to start with this thing? Let's go in order. Um, so when I went with Jameis this week, I typically like to take a running quarterback, but I just there wasn't anyone there in terms of the pricing that I felt like fit my lineup. I want to have Saquon and, and CMC in my lineup this week because last week was just all about the big name wide receivers. And Saquon and CMC are going head to head this week in their matchup. And I just think that they're going to be on the field one upping each other this entire day. I could see them both with 30 points. I wanted to make sure I have them in every single lineup I have for DFS this week. I just, I just have a feeling, a gut call that I just think they're both going to just destroy. They're either going to like have both have like a million points or they're both going to like disintegrate like, uh, yeah. like the Avengers. Yeah. Which we should also talk about CMC before we get off this. The, the other reason why I put him in is because I feel like he he wasn't good last week. And I think that the Panthers know that they need to get him the ball. He was about, he was bailed out by a touchdown. If he doesn't get that score, we're looking at him at under 10 points. Everybody's panicking. Um, to that point, though, I, I spent so much on Saquon and CMC that I essentially had to punt at the wide receiver position. And obviously, Greg Dortch came in at 3,300. And I was like, that's my best shot at someone in the 3,000 is going to give me targets based on last week. So I'll throw him in there. Hopefully, he gets a touchdown and gets the same, relatively the same amount of targets. I think the Cardinals stink. Their defense stinks. I think that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot to stay in games. You saw it last week. They got the shit kicked out of them by the chiefs and they were throwing a ton um julio again i'm high on i felt like his pricing at 5500 was solid for a guy that i can throw in there and i i think that he's going to get work because i think that they're scheme fitting him to get the ball so i like that and then amonra st brown same thing he proved last week that he's a guy that they want to target and i'm expecting that to continue so i threw him in there he was 6500 i thought he was reasonably priced and then Pat Fryermuth, this is the big one I wanted to talk about. Um, Joe, you're getting your belly punch pierced this year, just so you know. This dude, like, <laughs> what hat? Wait, 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 wait. Do I commit to this? There's yep. a text that we have where you said that if he outscores George Kittle this year, you'll get your buddy belly button pierced. No, within one point. Oh, okay, within one point eight. So he doesn't have to outscore him. Pat Fryermuth yep. had ten targets last week, and. Top five in targets for tight ends. Every single one of those guys had touchdowns, and he was near the top in fantasy without a score. Tight end is typically a position where you need a touchdown to be serviceable unless you have one of the big three. And Pat is showing that with the target share that he's getting, that he's going to be relevant whether he scores a touchdown or not. And I think at 4,400, he is an absolute steal week to week in DFS until they decide to look at that target share and price him up with, He's not going to be up there with Andrews, Kelsey, and Pitts at like 7,000 and 8,000. But if you're getting this guy at 4,400 or 5,000, 5,500, he's a staple in your lineup at those 10 targets. And to Zach's point we talked about last night, Mitch Trubisky likes to target tight ends in the middle of the field. So I like him moving forward, and I think that he's a steal at this at this spot. And then finally uh, – Wait, how much did Pat cost? He was only uh, 4,400. And you're typically looking at 7,000, 8,000 on Kelsey and Andrews. So, so if he, he's getting a similar target share as those guys. I think that he's going to pay off and he doesn't have to score a touchdown. Well, here's the thing if Pat maintains to be the second option on the team for targets, then yes, I agree with you. Yeah. 
I don't think that it's sustainable. And to your point of him throwing to the middle of the field, that did not happen at all. Yeah, it but when it did, it like, went to him. It was all dump-offs. Like, they did nothing over the middle of the field, like, of distance, right? If he's catching the ball and running with it the way he is, that's enough. Sure. Yeah, totally. But I, it's like if you you can't believe in both pickens, Claypool, and Fryermuth. Like, you got to pick one, and that's going to be your guy. I know. From what I saw on the offense, I think that Claypool has the highest floor out of those three. Um, I think that Pickens is going to come on as the season goes. Um, and I think he ends up being the number two target on the team. But they were definitely trying to get the ball in, Clay, or in Claypool's hands. Um, and Pat was almost feeling like more of a safety valve. But I, don't, I think week to week it's just going to move around. Um, Pat's not well, going to get ten targets a week. But if he's getting five or six and he scores a touchdown – He's gonna he's gonna be a, a suitable tight end all year. I just don't know how many touchdowns the Steelers are gonna be scoring this year if we're gonna keep it a buck. Well, I'm hoping <laughs> they're gonna score. They're gonna score. I mean, Minka, sure. Again, there weren't ten tight ends that scored double digits this week. So right, yeah. So it could happen. I could get my belly button pierced. I guess, but uh, <laughs> it'll be sick. Don't worry. Uh, and I have then, an Audi, uh, by the way, for the folks. That Ramondre home. Stevenson. Yeah, I usually don't like to pick guys against the Steelers, but unbelievable. When I was looking last week, the Steelers defense was ferocious. It's insane. It's going to continue to be insane. But Joe Mixon had elite usage, and I can't remember how many targets he had out of the backfield. I think he had a, uh, around ten-ish, I think. But he, he had carried. Nine. Yeah, yeah, nine targets for seven receptions of sixty-three yards. The Steelers give that up because they rather bend but not break. I think that Ramondre Stevenson is going to get a lot of work in the passing game this week because Ty Montgomery has also was placed on IR today. Yeah. So he was very cheap based off his poor week last week. I guess it was like a mediocre week. Um, his price was the only thing that fit into my flex spot with that type of upside. So if he's getting maybe 10 carries and he's able to get another 10 targets, I think he has the potential to be a sleeper this week um, against the Steelers. And speaking of the Steelers, that's your defense. Yeah, 2700 <laughs> They were the 13th price defense this week. After yeah. what they did last week, makes absolutely no sense to me why they would be the 13th price. They were an absolutely no-brainer. Against McCorkle, no, no TJ. McCorkle Jones. They're not going to lose a game to a man named McCorkle. He, they shouldn't have had that much of a drop-off, but I'm guessing that's pretty much just due to TJ Watt. Yeah. Not being there. Steelers at home against McCorkle Jones, twenty seven hundred. I'm not spending up four grand on a defense. Did I, I know that obviously Miami shut down New England pretty well, but did Jones turn the ball over? I don't know, but he will this week. I yeah, know Melvin he, Ingram. He, he definitely did. Touchdown. But it was a fumble. I didn't know who fumbled it. I have it up here. He had an interception. Okay. They did have that. There was two fumbles, too. Wow. Okay. I like it. I actually, uh, full disclosure, have not put together a DFS lineup yet. Don't know if Joe has, but. I have Trey Lance as a sleeper as well this week. He came in, still at the bottom of the screen right now, I want to say like nine for us. Yeah. I couldn't remember his price, but I couldn't fit him into that lineup. So that's the reason why he's not there. 
but he will be in some of my DFS. A lot games. of lot of talking heads already down on uh, on Trey Lance after one game played in a monsoon. We uh, also I don't know if y'all just saw this comment. Yeah, I wouldn't. Dalvin Cook didn't look that good on Sunday, and their offense is built around the passing attack clearly. Well, yeah, well, if you notice when they got the ball on the goal line, they had five like goal to go like plays that they ran and four of them were passes like traditionally yeah. for the vikings like they would be jamming that down like yeah every time and that was not the case so um i think dalvin is not gonna meet like where he's at for the adp um i know that dj moore had a tough week um but uh yeah that's all that's a 20, lot for me to get 23 back. touches 108 total yards dalvin cook camara either He was tough this week too, Kamara. Plus his well, that's why. Yeah, not that I was. I'm gonna accept the trade based off one week. I declined that trade actually already. But like with him having the the rib issue, I didn't know how much we thought that would impact him going forward. I would probably take the Kamara more deal. I would probably take that. Um, I. Dalvin, he's in an elite offense. He's gonna, he's getting the work. Their offensive line looks serviceable, much more than it was like last year. Um, then you get rid of the risk if Kamara does happen to get suspended. I think people kind of forgot about that. They don't isn't think that, it's gonna happen. Isn't it Javante Williams and DJ Moore? And yeah, it's Javante like Williams and DJ Moore for Kamara. Yeah, I'm, I'm not oh, giving away oh, Javante oh, Williams oh, and DJ Moore for either. Of those I got guys. you. I got you. Oh no, then never mind. Sorry, I misread that. Yeah, so he's being offered Dalvin Cook for Javante and DJ Moore or Kamara in, instead of Cook. Instead of Cook, got it, okay. Um, yeah. While we're on that subject, too, I think we need to bring up um, Robbie Anderson. He had a big bounce Another back Another guy week. you had? Yeah. I'm not really too worried about Robbie Anderson. Um, he had, like, one broken play that he was able to turn into a score, but I don't think it's going to be reliable, like, as a week-to-week thing. Um I think it's something to monitor. Yeah. Eight targets, five receptions, 102 yards, and a touchdown. Yeah. I think it's something to monitor. How long was the touchdown? Oh, yeah, he only had 27 yards going into the fourth quarter. So did Michael Thomas. Yeah. Cool. It's something to monitor. Yeah. Keep it on your radar. Uh, gotcha. I appreciate you guys. You need to be talked out of it. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Jeff. There you go. We talked you out of it. Don't do it. Um, anything else before we uh, before we get out of here? Tomorrow, Chargers and Chiefs. No Keenan Allen for me. Are you guys worried about Eckler's usage at all from week one? Not yet. Mm. Not yet. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not worried about it at all because I don't have any shares of him. So. <laughs> Tyreek Hill, clearly the guy. We can move on to next week with that. They they were doing everything they could to get him the ball. Jalen Waddle was saved by that touchdown. That was one game I didn't like monitor at all. Don't know why. I literally went back yeah. and watched highlights of pretty much every other game. Not the Dolphins Patriots. Because McCorkle Jones. I yeah, I wouldn't like you you stamp him on any game. You're you're pushing me away from watching it. I just I have no I just learned this week that his name is McCorkle, and I just can't get over. It. I just don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's throwing you, that around a what lot. What made you think of naming your kid McCorkle? I don't, I don't know. 
All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up. So as always, we can't thank you guys enough for watching this or, and we're about to put this out there. We're going to start putting this out as well as a podcast. You guys can find on Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you guys get your podcasts from, it will be there. Um, hopefully this episode is the first one that does that. Uh, Got to go through the process of doing so, but uh, through Anchor. But we'll have our own RSS feed for the show and everything like that. So just stay up to date. You guys can follow us at AT412FFShow and at around the 412. Both of those on Twitter uh, for updates with that and anything else. Also tweet all your questions to us and Joe will answer them no matter what time of day it is. And if you DM me, I'll give you his personal phone number. <laughs> but other than that, for Smitty, for Joe, for Drew, until next week, we wish you guys the best of luck in your matchups, unless you're playing one of us. Uh, and we'll talk to you guys then. Bye bye. Be easy. <laughs>